Good morning. Uh, please don't panic. Uh, don't question your uh, devices. Uh, the color, uh, I'm wearing bright orange, green, and yellow. So it's not your devices. Uh, this was a gift from Alan Kidd. Uh, and I promised I would wear it one Sunday. And so today's the day as temperatures supposed to be hitting in the 90s. I feel very tropical today. So I hope with the rains and, and humidity and things that are going to be going on throughout this next week, I'm just preparing for that. So hopefully it's not going to be a distraction to you. I don't know what Babylon, Babylon's warmer temperatures and things like that, but uh, uh, it has nothing to do with a sermon today, but just I don't I don't want you to question your devices um, on a on a sobering note uh, we lost a, a just a wonderful lady earlier this week Francis Graham and unfortunately because of the continued conditions of the the virus and it's and the fear of its spread uh, family kind of kept it to itself we did have some some of those who came and, and still were apart uh, Francis Graham just was a light uh, for Jesus uh, she loved God's word, and she was a tremendous supporter uh, to each of each of the the ministry or any of the ministers that have come through church. The guys that I've worked with uh, just just has loved us, has prayed for us, has supported us in so many ways. And I think the reason for that is because she married a preacher, and she lost her husband some 20 years ago, and now she's joined back with him, uh, confident. In this one thing that Jesus is the Savior of her soul and she was ready to go home for some time so there's some rejoicing in in the thing of of her passing but there's even sorrow because uh, I even weighed upon me this week that I'm going to miss seeing her and and uh, talking with her uh, you know as she comes to church and and uh, but at 91 years old uh, it, it was definitely time for her to go home and the pain that she was going through. So I just praise God for Francis this morning. And I know many of you do as well. Uh, our passage today is Daniel chapter six. And Lindsay, Lindsay Landreth got a jump on me this week at four o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. She actually read from a children's Bible, this very story of, of Daniel. And so, uh, uh, and, and that's, kind of what you think about some of Daniel's stories, especially the the incident of the fiery furnace and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and now uh, Daniel and the lion's den. Whoa, uh, we, we think of these as, oh, these are children's type stories. And and boy, the the, the details behind it and the way you could share it and the, the great conclusion to these stories does make it fun to tell. And I remember telling my kids and and other kids just sharing the stories and and uh, uh, matter of fact the scriptures are full of you know great stories and in the Old Testament but there's so much that that all of us could learn and even receive encouragement from so let's let's look at, at Daniel chapter 6 as we continue to work walk through this book of Daniel uh, matter of fact how do I put this and in, in the first six chapters has been stories uh, each one a significant event that had taken place, uh, whether dreams or the fiery furnace or lion's den as we're going to read today or see today. And then the remaining part of Daniel, just preparing you for this, as you get into read chapter 7, we begin to look at Daniel's dreams, Daniel's prayers. 
So, so less about the story, but there's some great content that I'm, I'm actually excited of going through and then presenting to you next week. So uh, continue reading, uh, and we're going to continue feed uh, on God's word through, through his prophet Daniel. Uh, the story, the story in chapter 6 actually begins, if you remember last week, Darius is now king over all that Babylon area. It, it, it's really now the Medes and Persians that, that it is their kingdom. And uh, Darius is still ruling, and, and his method, his strategy in overseeing his kingdom, it, it says that he set up uh, 120 satraps, uh, who are, or you could say, governors, uh, and, and three administrators that each of those satraps are going to uh, uh, be governed over. And uh, uh, Daniel was a part of the three administrators. And, and not only that, but, but in this chapter 6, it says that Darius found uh, Daniel to be exceptional. That's the term it's used. Daniel, we know, to Nebuchadnezzar was a special, special wise man. And, and now Darius, uh, and, and not sure exactly how Darius found that out, whether uh, it was stories of old and then he's come to know him himself. But early on, Daniel is put in this place of prominence. And then even in a short amount of time, I believe that, that Daniel's proving himself to be exceptional. Now, as we begin to read, I'm going to start reading from chapter, uh, from chapter 6, verse 4. Uh, and, and where I'm picking the story up is, is there's some jealousy going on with all the other leaders, uh, these satraps, these governors, these administrators. So I'm going to pick up right there in, in verse 4. At this, at the, at the fact that Daniel was being favored and even considered by Darius to lead all of this kingdom by himself, uh, they became jealous. The administrators... And the satraps tried to find grounds uh, for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. That's one area that they knew and confident that, boy, we could catch him doing something like that. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, the prefects, the satraps, the advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any God or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree into writing. I just want to go ahead and tell you the rest of it. The very next verse says that Daniel, after hearing or learning of the decree, said he went immediately home and he prayed. <laughs> uh, right, in, right in the face of the decree. Now, I'm not sure why he did that, but what we do know 
is that this this was part of Daniel's routine, and and maybe perhaps hearing the decree had him hurry into prayer, but it was just part of his routine. Three times a day, uh, Daniel would go to his home facing Jerusalem and and would uh, come before God to give him praises, to lay out requests, to to pray for uh, the kingdom he's a part of now and definitely to be praying for the kingdom, uh, the God's kingdom and and the kingdom of Israel. Um, So Daniel went and prayed and his accusers followed him. Uh, they had an expectation that Daniel was going to defy this decree that's been established, and so it was. Daniel was up on his porch, and, and his accusers were eyewitnesses to his defiance of the decree that's been established, that he is to, to that, that everyone was not supposed to, to pray to any, any other ruler or any other person or any other God except for Darius and Darius alone. And there's Daniel praying to his God. So these accusers, these leaders, went back to Darius and they reminded him, hey, that decree that we established, that decree was saying that that no one was to pray to anyone else except to you. And if if we catch anybody doing that, they are to be thrown into the lion's den. And and Darius says, oh, the decree stands, verifying you. Yeah, that's the way it is. And then they went into, we know a Jew, one of the exiles, who has, has defied your decree and has prayed to his God. It is that Daniel from uh, Daniel of Judah uh, who, who has broken it. Now he needs to be dealt with. And uh, oh, this, it's interesting to see in this that Darius just was stressed about this. He, he uh, uh, maybe perhaps he even knew that there was some treachery and in, 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 uh, uh, causing Daniel and, uh, to, to, to be at this position where, or, or bringing Darius to the position where he's going to have to throw Daniel into the lion's den. And, and, but there's no way to get past it. This has become law. And as a king, he had to uphold that law. And so, uh, uh, he, he tried to, scripture even says that he tried to find a way out, maybe a loophole or something. Uh, someone even suggested maybe he thought about feeding the lions, you know, uh, that, that they would be way too full to eat Daniel. But uh, we know that didn't happen. Uh, but by evening, the, the leadership, the, the accusers came back and said, hey, it's time to, it's time to act. And, and Darius had no other choice, but he had Daniel thrown into the lion's den. And on his way, uh, Darius told Daniel, Daniel, uh, Daniel, this God whom you are so focused on, who you are so devoted to, uh, I I hope that he is able to rescue you, to save you from this. And Daniel was thrown in and the the stone was placed over the uh, place where Daniel was thrown in. And and, uh, that night or that evening and into that night, uh, Daniel was okay. Uh, but Darius himself, uh, it says he couldn't eat. Uh, he didn't want any inter- entertainment. And when it came to sleep, he had a very restless night. He didn't sleep at all. And, and so maybe you're familiar with that kind of night. But, but Darius, this, this man he saw that was exceptional, that was going to be an advantage for the kingdom. Now, because of uh, he didn't see what was coming and, and, and the, the treachery of these guys, he's had to throw that best man into the lion. So he did not have a good evening. 
But but he was hoping all along that the God of Daniel would protect him. And so when the break of day uh, took place, Darius got up and, and went to the lion's den, pulled the stone away and called in, Daniel, was your God able to save you? And Daniel responded, said, I'm okay. <laughs> And, and he said that, the, that the God had sent an angel and had closed the mouths of the lions. And so uh, Darius uh, ordered that Daniel be drawn out of the, the den. And uh, because he knew of the treachery of the, the leadership uh, that he had around him, the satraps and, and some of the administrators, those that put their signet ring sealing that he, he fulfilled his responsibility because Daniel had broken that, that law, each one of them, along with their families, were tossed into the lion's den, ordered to be tossed into the lion's den. And, and uh, uh, we know that the lions were very hungry uh, and, and they enjoyed a, a rather large meal at that. And that, that's, uh, uh, the, that's just a story again that, that reminds us of the power of Daniel's God, the power of our God. That, that God, if, if anything, we go to this place that the words that, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, said a couple chapters back was, our God is able. And Daniel didn't really have a comment or there's not something written here about Daniel's comment, but we know that God is able to save. We know him as savior. We know him as the one who rescues. And, and we could bring that out in this passage, uh, but, but even more so, I wanted to look at Daniel in this story. And to think about who Daniel has been in this, this book or in these early chapters. Uh, we could actually see Daniel as a faithful influencer on behalf of God. He was a faithful influencer on behalf of God. That we, we could say definitely that Babylon and now Mede and, uh, Mede and Persia are, are coming to know and, and, and have evidence of a God who is real, who is not made of stone, of, of wood, or, or anything else, but a God that is real and genuine and, and, and acts on behalf of his people. They're coming to know him because Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could all be said that they are faithful influencers. And, and today we have that opportunity as well. Man, if, if we're anywhere uh, being challenged is, is that as I live my life, and if I'm to do anything of significance, if I could be a faithful influencer for God. So this morning, I wanna look at Daniel and there's a few things I wanna bring out that just uh, reveal some keys to being a faithful influencer for God. The first key is this, uh, for, uh, for, to be a faithful influencer, first of all, you, need, uh, you, you must be a plus to those around you. You must be a benefit to those around you, benefit to those in your neighborhood, benefit to the people you work with, uh, benefit to uh, the people you go to school with. Uh, pe people in your community should benefit from those who love God and want to be an influence for him. Daniel uh, was a benefit to foreign kingdoms. We know that through uh, Nebuchadnezzar, right? Uh, just the fact that, that uh, uh, Daniel was able to not only interpret a dream, but even to reveal a dream uh, before Nebuchadnezzar. And, and he placed him in a position of, of uh, re great responsibility over all the wise men. Uh, that's Daniel's position. And now he's being a benefit uh, to King De uh, Darius, being seen as exceptional, the wisdom 
the knowledge that he had. And not only that, but the honesty and, and, and the dependability that Daniel brought before uh, Darius that he saw that, man, I could trust him. I could put him over all, all the kingdom and, and know that it is run well. So, so Daniel was a benefit. And this was all uh, according to what God commanded all uh, of, of Israel. Uh, when they went into captivity that Daniel obviously paid close attention to. Jeremiah spoke on behalf of the Lord in Jeremiah 29, 7, he said, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Pray for this nation. Pray for this kingdom. Because if it pros prospers, you too will prosper. So Daniel, I believe, was, was acting in obedience before God in the fact that he became an advantage to whoever ruled. And, and Daniel was, was uh, the strength uh, to this kingdom. Paul also encourages you and I, you know, as believers, uh, to be a benefit. I think it be a strength in our community, uh, to, to be a difference. If we want to be influencers of God, we uh, have the opportunity to make a difference on, uh, for him. Uh, actually, Paul was speaking to the Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 4, 11, and 12. There he says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, a life that is peaceful, uh, you should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. I think that's the key, uh, key phrase in there is so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders. Now, during this time and in the area they were, uh, persecution uh, was a possibility I mean, and more severe persecution than we're definitely familiar with here in the United States. So there was, there was this idea of keeping peace, but still uh, having this attention and, and, and catching the attention of outsiders who would be unbelievers. We are called to, to make a difference around and, and to be a benefit to those around us. I, I think about some of the things that recently we've been doing church-wise. Of course, there's open door uh, and asking for items to be donated. You know, we, we want to keep that up or, or food items to the food pantry. But some other things, uh, uh, Craig Bender, it wasn't that long ago, uh, it, it matter shortly before we went into quarantine, that Craig introduced to us something called Home Away From Home. That's, that's a soldier adoption program that's running that, that any of us could be a part of. Adopting a soldier who's from out of state and in, in, in just a, a circumstance, doesn't know Kansas at all, that we could adopt them and maybe take them out to eat and, and just be a help and a support uh, to them in their military service. That's just an opportunity. I think about our elders, a couple of our elders who have a, has a warehouse in Chapman that builds sheds uh, that's needed in times of disaster, hurricanes and, and things. Currently, they're building frames, and, and if a disaster takes place, a semi comes and picks up those sheds and, and takes them to where they belong. And some of you don't even know, didn't even know that was going on, but that, that's a consistent work that's happening. Uh, another, and, and this is a need of our community, and some of our people are already involved in, and, and, and maybe in my own mind, I began praying and, and thinking, how could we help this current problem? It's the, 
the foster care program or system here in Junction City. We're told often that that there, there's never enough foster care uh, people in our area and that a lot of our kids who, who are, are from our city have to be uh, transported elsewhere. Um, and, and so there's a foster care program. What can we do is the question. There is a program called Care Portal that is a support to those who care for foster uh, care children. If you have any questions about those things, I want you, matter of fact, I'm introducing this as, I want you to be thinking, I want you to be uh, asking yourself, how is it that, that I individually could, could be a benefit to my neighbors and around, but even how could we as a church uh, benefit our community? It might be adopting a school or, or other things. Get the wheels a turning and, and talk with me or have some discussions about that. I encourage you to do that because we, are, to be a, 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 a faithful influencer on God's behalf, uh, we have the opportunity to benefit the, the people around us, the, the unbelievers around us, this community around us. Uh, key point number two is this, don't give anyone reason to accuse you of wrongdoing. Don't give, you, don't give anyone reason to accuse you of wrongdoing. I, there, there were some, uh, uh, again, treacherous accusers that had to fabricate, had to look for a way to accuse Daniel. And that's because in verse four it says they couldn't find any kind of corruption in him. Darius already knew that. That's why one of the, one of the main reasons why Darius uh, appreciated Daniel and saw him as exceptional is because he was trustworthy. He, he, he could put a responsibility in his hands and he would know that Daniel wouldn't take advantage of the king. Daniel was about taking care of his responsibility and, and was good at doing that. Um, in verse two, the administrators were the guys who were to oversee all the governors that they were being responsible and that they weren't taking advantage. And Daniel was seen exceptional in that responsibility. Now, Peter calls us to live that same kind of life, a life that, that Paul would call above reproach. Paul basically tells Timothy, look for people, uh, for leadership who are above reproach. That means you can't find any kind of corruption. You can't find anything to make an, a, a, a right, correct accusation against them. They are above reproach. In 1 Peter chapter 2, 11 and 12, uh, here Peter uh, speaks to us about how we ought to live. And, and I think it's appropriate you go here because he calls them foreigners and exiles. He actually calls us foreigners and ex exiles as we're, we don't belong to any kingdom. We don't belong to, to this nation. The kingdom we belong to is God's kingdom. So Peter says it this way, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us, the day he comes. We're called to something special. When we receive Christ, I mean, we, we, uh, we, are, we receive that forgiveness, we receive that grace, and then the expectation is we're going to follow Jesus. And we do that by taking on his spirit, by living within his spirit and the fruit of that spirit working in us. We become changed people. And, and in the process of change, 
Uh, matter of fact, when we talk about it, we're called to holiness, to perfection. Uh, we're, we're going to increase in those areas of love, joy, peace, and, and all the fruits of the Spirit is going to be working within us. To, and, it, and if anything, that is going to benefit the people around us. I, I do think it's important to say, because I, I think about that, I think about that life, and I, I will let you know that that perfection that, that seems so distant, even, even to me, that there's times I fail. I remember an incident not that long ago that I lost my cool with a waitress at a, at a um, fast food restaurant. And, and uh, uh, afterwards, I, I thought I, how I failed uh, my God at that time. I didn't represent him well. And, and because I failed, I went back and, and I asked for her forgiveness. I was able to go back, find her and ask her forgiveness. I said, you didn't deserve that. And I, I apologize that I, I became angry and I unloaded on you. And she received it. That, uh, you know, the perfection, I, if I only treated her correct in the first place, that would have been great. But the truth is, I still need Jesus. The truth is I still live under his grace and his mercy. And in that time of failure, I had the opportunity to reveal uh, some of that part of grace and mercy that, that called me to go back and ask for her forgiveness. And we need to act that way. Uh, once we have to go seek that forgiveness time and time again, we'll think next time before we unload on someone uh, in, in such an abrupt way. And it's definitely helped me. Uh, the final key, again, uh, number one is we, we're going to benefit the community around us. And number two is, is we don't want to give anyone reason to accuse us of, of wrongdoing. We want to represent God well. And number three, the last key point is this. And I think most important is, is what we see in Daniel is, is to live consistently faithful to God. To live that consistent faithfulness to God just pursue it in every day. I, that was Daniel. Matter of fact, let me ask you a question. What was so special about Daniel? Do you know? Well, let me see why well, he was full of knowledge and wisdom and, 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 and man, he must've been quite the, uh, uh, the, the leader. Well, no, I think that the most significant thing about Daniel is God is his God. I could say that about just about any character within the scripture, Abraham and Sarah and, and Moses. And, and we even think about the New Testament, Mary, you know, uh, Jesus' mother. What was so special about her? What was so special about Peter or Paul who wrote uh, so many great letters uh, to the churches? What was so great about any of these people is that God is, is their God. God is your God. God is your God, and, and he wants to work in us in this world. He wants us to be these kingdom influencers, these influencers, faithful influencers uh, on behalf of God. Daniel heard that this, this decree, and what did he do? But go home and, and, and pray. And, and the scripture makes it very clear. You know, It wasn't just an abrupt, oh, I'm going to go pray because I'm in trouble. That wasn't Daniel. There was consistent prayer in his life. Three times a day, Daniel would go before the Lord. And, and uh, we're going to look at some of Daniel's prayers as we continue through this book. So I'm excited about that. But Daniel prayed. Uh, you know, he gave praise before God. He, he, he thanked God for, for, you know, perhaps every day for provisions and, and whatever else. He prayed for the nations who he's captive under. He, he prayed for kings. He prayed for his home. 
He, he prayed in all circumstances. That was his relationship. That was his faith built in, in, in God. I, I think about, you know, what is it we really see Daniel exert himself in? Or where, where did he ever uh, bring himself uh, forward and, and, and what action do we see coming out of Daniel? And I, I thought of two specifics that are simple. Number one, he ate vegetables. <laughs> you go to chapter one, and that was the first thing we ever saw about Daniel. He went to vegetables, and why? Because he didn't want to be dishonoring of God with the food that they were providing. So he was just this simple, faithful guy who was going to live by his conviction because of his relationship with God. And number two is the way he prayed. The, each of those, one of them could have got him in trouble with the king, if he, but, but instead God blessed him and, and strengthened him, and the other one got him into trouble. And it was just simply praying. We think about uh, uh, Daniel and his continuous faithfulness. How do we become faithful, uh, faithful uh, influencers for God, except through its living that consistent life? just living in that relationship with God. Uh, for Daniel, prayer was part of that. Uh, I like to think that it, it was a practice, it was a discipline, it was also a necessary part of his life in growing uh, in that relationship. Uh, I, I wanna say, show me someone who daily, genuinely, and humbly approaches God in prayer, and I will show you a faithful influencer in God. Uh, for, for those who truly desire God uh, they're gonna they're gonna come before him in prayer and if we're active in praying active in giving him praise and acknowledging him in every day and if we're active in in the things that God cares about uh, praying for leaders spiritual leaders if we're praying for government leaders if we're praying for nations if we're praying for difficulties that's happened in this world just as we've seen this this week then then God is going to be using you in, in, in situations that makes a difference. He's going to use you as a, as a kingdom influencer. I truly believe that prayer is part of that, that we are paying, giving God our best attention. I wanted to show you, just, just as we move towards concluding, Darius's response. And it begins there in verse 25. There... King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth. He says to them, may you prosper greatly. Verse 26 is, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must hear, uh, must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. You know, well, you know how well it is to set some law over us to tell us to do something. It didn't work well for Israel. It's not going to do. But it's just what's so neat is about this king over this pagan uh country of the kingdom is now saying hey you must fear and reverence the god of daniel he goes on for he is the living god and he endures forever his kingdom will not be destroyed his dominion will never end he rescues and he saves he performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth he has rescued daniel from the power of the lions and so all this praise came from a pagan king because daniel dared to be an influencer on God's behalf. And, and God used Daniel. He could use you too. I, I, I think about telling these stories to your children. 
I don't want you to miss this opportunity. When you talk about God's power, his power to rescue and to save, that he's already done that with us. Do you, do you see that? He's already rescued us from the flames and from the, from the lion. He's, he's, he's rescued us from something greater than that in that he sent his son to die for us. And we are already in that process of celebrating, acknowledge him to be that God who loves us greatly and tremendously because he sent Jesus to take our place. Isn't that great? Don't miss the opportunity as you're sharing these stories with your children that God has performed a great act of salvation for you and I and for them uh, through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you for Jesus always. We thank you, Lord, that you are Savior, that you are the God of mercy, that, that through sending Jesus, you provided us a grace that, that we are no longer in that condemnation of death. Lord, that's something to be celebrated. And Lord, we pray that as we look at the life of Daniel, that there are those things within his life that's gonna challenge us. That, that as we're here in this world living for you, we have the opportunity to benefit our community, our neighbors, all those around us. We have the opportunity to live well for you and to represent the, the holiness, the righteousness that you called us to. And, and Father, as well, we have that opportunity to live faithfully, simply faithfully and consistently for you. So Lord, help us as we walk in that direction. Help us as we grow. God, you're good to us and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.